Hey everyone, welcome back to the fourth episode of Matriarch Motivation. I wanted to create this podcast because I believe there is a gap in the motivational speeches uh, in general because it is a male-dominated venue, as well as the type of motivation that I wanted to hear from women I wasn't finding in a consistent way. So I wanted to, the, the deep belief system I have is to put out into the world what you wish to see. And although there are um, a, I don't want to say one-offs, but some-offs of incredible speakers and women who are inspiring and powerful and have written great, meaningful speeches with incredible messages directed at the women of our generation, um, the women here with us today, that there is not enough. And I, my duty is to um, make that choir louder by adding to the voices in it. I believe that women have a deep-seated emotional and spiritual power that is very different from the type of power men speak about and are inspired by. So by us women sharing our stories and sharing the places that we find our power come from and how we level up and how we fight and how we protect and how we develop and thrive ourselves in this world, um, I think that we should have more voices doing that. And here I am. So this is was going to be a four-part series. I believe it'll now be a five-part series where the first story I want to share with women is my journey to become a surrogate. So I am now happily and proudly four months pregnant with a baby girl for um, intended parents located in France. I am located on the west coast of Canada. This is a beautiful um, husband and husband couple who I am extremely fond of now, and they're like my brothers. Um, uh, And the journey that I took to become a surrogate is one that I've had many people tell me that I should share. So why not? Here I am. And who am I? My name is Julia. I am the founder of Pretty Aggressive Industries. I developed a company with the intent of with the passion of putting out into the world what I wish to see. The company was born in um, a place where I came from rock bottom and wanted to um, find something in the world to help and guide me through my path and wasn't finding that. And therefore, my only option was to create it. So around the age of 25 to 27, I wrote a book labeled Uh, titled Beyond Damage, which I self-published. It is the aggressive recovery from the toxic mother-daughter bond. And I came from a intergenerational or transgenerational abuse cycle and legacy in my family. And I wanted to end it. I no longer wanted to feel like I was drowning and struggling through life without the tools of resiliency. So I built them and I wrote a book on how to help others build, build those tools. From there, uh, I became a recovery coach for women, adult women hoping to uh, thrive instead of simply survive this life by helping them and coaching them through building those resiliency tools one-on-one. 
And then that translated into me building kind of a little empire where I wanted to connect mind, body, and spirit. I'm now a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, and a certified transformation specialist where I help people um, through behavioral change and then commitment strategies in order to keep those behavioral changes in their lives. And from there, um, I have also co-hosted hashtag enlightened bitches with my best friend during COVID, um, which we will get into in this chapter of the surrogacy story. And now I have developed this podcast, which you can find on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and probably Google um, called Matriarch Motivation. So here we are motivating the matriarch. And if you hopefully have listened through the three previous stories, three previous segments, um, I went through my beginning of ovarian cyst ruptures in November 2018, and then my journey through choosing surrogacy as my treatment for that, um, and then also my my decision through surrogacy and how that started to look for me, why I, why I chose that, and um, now after deciding to become a surrogate in February 2019, which is February, March is when COVID kind of dropped on Canada it was around March 17th, 18th, which are, I believe the one of one of those days was when childcare um, providers closed down here on the West Coast, and I was laid off my job, my career of four years as sales, marketing, and uh, international marketing expansion and branding and social media for a high-end shellfish company. So this was my stable job. This was my 40 hours a week for four years where I had built my skills and um, done a lot of work at becoming who I wanted to be and building pride in, in my career and my socioeconomic status. Um, and building a lot of my identity as a person. So um, where where surrogacy came in, um, I felt very confident and stable in the career I had and that um, taking mat leave from that in after nine months of pregnancy would be perfectly uh, oh, easy for me to walk through. And after the surrogacy, I wouldn't need mat leave. So, but um, that it would be provided for me um, for my final month and then my recovery month. Um, but as COVID started to shut down parts of the world, and I built a bond and connection with the chosen intended parents, um, and we'll let's let's start there because. Um, a lot of people are curious um, when I'm at, when I tell people about the surrogacy or people ask questions. Um, many of those questions are based on how did you choose the parents? Who are they? Do you know them? Where are they located? How involved are they? And the greatest thing that going through a surrogacy company provides is you are able to unapologetically match yourself with someone with people who have designed a profile explaining who they are and what they want out of a surrogacy. The, you get to read the lives they're showing you that they live. And yes, I went through a couple intended parents profiles where I'm like, that is not for me. I do not want to be involved with those people for the next nine months 
let alone um, possibly multiple years. And also with some intended parents, um, very clearly communicating that they want no connection with the surrogate afterwards and that they only really wish to participate in the pregnancy during medical updates or um, like verification of the, the life and the health of the pregnancy um, and that a relationship with the surrogate isn't really something they have um, in their minds, that they have a housing unit for a baby, then they get the baby and then they live their lives. And as, as improbable as it may sound in the beginning, my wish to become a surrogate was to expand my family connections, was to um, form a bond with a family that I have grown a child for and for them to wish to have a bond with me as someone who's, who's offered them that opportunity and experience. Um, I, I want to watch the child grow that even if it's not mine legally or biologically, that I, and not, not to have say, not to have control, not to have an in part, but to simply enjoy the, the life that I helped grow for nine, nine or 10 months and to, to be able to cherish that. And I, I was looking for parents who had that same dream that a, a surrogate would hold a special place in their life and um, that they had honor and reverence and gratitude for that and that we could share that as a bond between us, between our families, and that my daughter would know this child um, because she's going to be experiencing me being pregnant and then um, have the experience of wondering where that child has gone. <laughs> so, and for, to explain that, that it's just gone away is not exactly... Um, an experience I want to offer my own my own child. So I was lucky enough to find Sarah, uh, intended parents and a profile that explained that this is what they hoped for too. Um, and this happened to be a gay male couple from France who apparently, as I've learned, surrogacy isn't really a thing in France that women don't medically house babies to give to another family that can't have one. Um, and so for this, the intended parents to have sought out a company in another country to be able to provide them with this experience um, shows their, their level of commitment to having a child born of, born of one of technically spiritually both their genetics um and that became uh an a very firm bond where we set up i believe an initial interview um over the phone where we were able to uh, meet through video and ask each other questions and talk about each other's lives and um confirm ideas or feelings that we got from the the written profiles that were shared between the two of us. And this is all facilitated extremely well from the owner of the company um, who has, who develops a relationship with every single person who comes into the company, both intended parents and um, potential surrogates. So as that, as I 
I chose them and they chose me. It was a mutual uh, choosing, which is pretty blessed. So as we began that journey in, I believe, mid, early, mid, late February, um, Europe began to experience COVID before us. So as I was having video chats and starting to text and message with them, um, I was hearing their experiences as their schools shut down and their communities shut down and their access to outside and, and socializing and the safety protocols and measures that were being put in their lives. I was hearing about it before it started happening over here. And it, as I was, as our community started to shut down, um, my life started to change a lot. So as I went from someone with a very stable job and a very stable living situation, COVID um, took my job, <laughs> uh, stole my job, and then also uh, deleted childcare from my life and also did that to my best friend where she lost childcare, but as an essential worker, this is the woman, my best friend, Claire, who I formed um, an incredible bond with over the past two years. She lost childcare, but continued to need to go to work as an essential worker, as an outreach um, registered nurse. And so her, her amount of stress, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly in these situations through after all of the bullshit I've been through in my life and the huge amount of catastrophes I've faced usually of my own doing and my own perspective. Um, I was very nonchalant about, um, about not having to go back to work. And the interesting thing that it happened at the same time was in the end of January, I had experienced, I believe my fourth ovarian cyst rupture and the preceding days at work for me were excruciating. So in late January and early February, while I'm while I'm entering into the surrogacy journey and also having a full work schedule and being a single mom, not in a negative way, um, and uh, being having started building uh, my pretty aggressive industries business, um, I. I was struggling severely through another stage of recovery from an ovarian cyst rupture. And all, all of these things going on in my life um, were really wearing me down. I, was, I wasn't just burning the candle at six ends. I had this, this uncontrolled um, process of my body experiencing and then recovering from the trauma of another rupture um just as, as like this wet blanket over everything else I was attempting to just have in my life parenting work physical activity day-to-day -day, anything so I started to visit I I had appointments with my doctor where I decided that in order to scale back the amount that was on my plate, I was going to request, due to medical reasons, to be able to start working part-time and be able to have those medical issues and stress leave um, uh, EI supplement the 20 hours a week I would be losing. 
and to be able to use that as time to recover and process and recuperate as well as be um, building pretty aggressive in the background, not to be launching that business, but to be um, doing the writing, creating the social media, um, and essentially um, building a back backlog framework for a business I wanted to eventually mold into and leave my nine to five desk career working for someone else and finally launch a company on my own and work for myself. So all of this was just too much. So the day I actually um, delivered that, that paperwork, that medical request to my boss was the day our company decided to shut down. And if you were not essential, you were laid off. And I went from expecting a 20-hour week to zero with no promise of ever coming back full bore. So um, also my living situation at the time was I was uh, managing rent and bills and life very, very well. But I wanted to be making a change to not being dependent on paychecks from a company and an employer and to becoming dependent on income from my own business. So um, the my financial situation had to change and I was starting to think through um, how I was going to do that, how I was going to change my living situation so that my budget became much lower than what it was at the time and still safely and securely care for and house my child and myself. Now, the the amount of upset this this world change caused for my best friend was so <laughs> it's laughable now. I can see how upset she was at the time. But uh, as I was saying, the amount of skills and tools I've I've built to simply just laugh at these at these circumstances is um, quite substantial. I'm quite proud of myself that I I took the experience as, oh my God, like I asked the universe to give me less work and allow me to spend more time with my child and give me room and space to recover from this ovarian structure. But I didn't mean COVID. Oh my God. <laughs> like That was not what I meant. Like if I wished for this and put this on the world, like I know that's absolutely not <laughs> anywhere in the realm of possible. But I, I wished for the outcome that was that COVID's that COVID delivered to my life specifically, and um, that my my best friend and I decided that to help us both out economically with childcare as well as her needing to go to work as well as me needing a much more financially frugal situation for myself and my daughter to move into her 900 square foot apartment with two bedrooms with herself and her daughter. So that was how I spent the bottom half of my, of my March, 2020. And just, just on the cusp of it, I was able to still squeak in an appointment to um, have myself go through medical screening for the surrogacy so that everyone involved, the company, the intended parents and the fertility clinic and myself all knew that my ovaries and uterus were classified as healthy as if not optimum enough to hold a pregnancy for the surrogacy. So it was actually an incredibly odd experience 
to, um, I believe, ferries from Vancouver Island to the mainland had shut down or were extremely limited. Um, but I was able to just get like a last minute flight from Vancouver Island just over into downtown Vancouver. And the world had become a ghost town. I believe it was March 20th, 22nd, and everything had just just closed down. People were scared. People were frightened and isolating. Um, and after I walked off that plane, it was a beautiful, sunny, like early spring morning. And I decided to walk all the way from Coal Harbor to, I believe, Broadway and Camby to the fertility clinic. And it was a stunning, wonderful walk where the city was a ghost town and the air was crisp and the sun was warm after a shitty, horrible winter. And I, I reveled in it. I, I loved the experience. And one thing that I've granted myself throughout the surrogacy is when I go to medical appointments, especially the embryo transfers, I dress myself up like it's a special occasion. I, I treat myself. I make sure my hair is done. I'm wearing something nice. Um, I've brought my favorite book. Like I, I really enjoy the day that I take to have those experiences during the surrogacy. And it's something I, I definitely don't regret. And I'm glad I participate in. Um, and, but soon after that, that one appointment that would have become a series of the medical screening. And then, um, I believe soon after would have booked an embryo transfer. So I would have gone from March, end of March into, um, whenever my next, uh, menstrual cycle had ended and, and would have started to breeze right into April becoming, I, I would become pregnant, um, hopefully with an embryo created from one of the intended dad's sperm and an egg that they had chosen from a, a, a friend who donated an egg that's all been placed and transferred in a clinic, uh, a medical fertility clinic in Vancouver, and then becoming the baby that I carry. So um, that whole process shut down and stopped. And the intended parents and I were left in this waiting game. And as we're, as we're both excited to start this journey of, you know, everything's going smoothly, all the boxes are being checked, all the processes being marked off to halt. And I am actually so grateful for the experience I had during this time because it gave me and the intended parents this beautiful opportunity to continue creating a bond. And just because nothing was going on with the progression of the pregnancy didn't mean that we couldn't continue building our relationship. So almost every two to three days, there was a video sent back and forth of how are you doing? What are you up to? What have you, what have you been spending your time with? You know, what, like, tell me about this part of your life. Who are you? Where did you learn that? What does that mean for you? What do you hope for in in your child? How do you parent currently? Where did you learn that? And to 
to bring to bring in these two beautiful people that I was building a relationship with and a bond with who I was going to be growing a child for was just an incredible experience. Um, they, I'm, I'm not sure how much I haven't been granted their permission, so I'm not releasing their names and I'm not releasing um, identifying details about them other than their location and their relationship status. Um, but to go through COVID where my life has changed drastically and for them to get to know what I'm all about and how I live my life and for me to get the same from them and to just build a friendship and to uh, create a depth of care for one another that what they're going through in France um, in relation to COVID and their lives and their work and their jobs and those changes and, and their access to their community and friends. And then the same with my life here and how that's changed and how I've started living with my best friend and my daughter now gets the daily sister and that I went from like a globetrotting business mogul um, and like sales and marketing to being basically a homemaker and like being childcare in an apartment during COVID and getting like creating structure and getting the girls out for um, daily nature walks and then doing lunch and then doing laundry and then giving them downtime and then bike rides and then having dinner on the table when my, when my best friend comes home and just, and this process, this rotation. Um, and it was, it was just a crazy, incredible time. And to have all this room to love my daughter and love the family unit in this home and at the same time um, be developing pretty aggressive and to be working on my certifications. So in the seven months of COVID, I became certified as a personal trainer and certified as a nutrition coach and certified as a transformation specialist. And the amount of dedication I had to my studies and to self-discipline and to continue working out and working on my body and finding ways to exercise and go out for morning runs and um, coordinating a schedule with the other parent in this house and us exchanging parenting responsibilities and supporting one one another through all of this. And the whole time waiting for my surrogacy to start, um, which it did. Um, So in the, I believe, middle of May, um, middle of May, June, the fertility clinic that had to shut down all non-essential services, all non-essential procedures due to COVID restrictions was now able to open up and start. But it was interesting that in the time, in the gap, um, no one knew when these would be. So I had no timeline. So I just continued living my life. And that included um, things I was doing for personal training and things I was doing such as dating. So at the time, I had started dating someone and not not knowing when to expect to have to tell the person I'm dating that I'm about to be pregnant and not by them and what that's going to look like being in a relationship with me. And at the same time, 
we're using COVID as a time to work on my body and work on my physique and reach new goals and to have started um, exploring what steroids might look like um, and like low level. So to have started experimenting very lightly with a, a small steroid cycle and then and to not to not to feel like I would have been done and never do that again and then my surrogacy would start to have all of this impact how that process is going to go as it pops up randomly in mid-May and for my my surprise to have to adjust and all the other people in my life to adjust to all of these other new things so um i i one had to communicate to the person i was dating that um surrogacy was a part of my life and that it was now on a go that this is where I'm going and they don't get a say and they don't get a choice and either they're coming with me or they can fuck off um, because that's the way I live my life um, and to have to have a phone call with a fertility doctor who's like I'm sorry what are those medications for can you like why why are you but that's not what those are and I'm like I know, but I'm telling you, they're used for bodybuilding and mass growth and like endurance, you know, like I'm, I, I, why would I lie to you about what they're for? I'm telling you. And for them, for everyone in the situation to freak out about those medications being in my body um, and, you know, what that's going to affect and how that's going to change and if I can still and the company owner being like, oh, fuck, why did you do that? <laughs> and for me being like, oh, fuck, why did I do that? Um, and to like, I, I was just living my life. I was just continuing to move forward. And for surrogacy to put a stop and a go button on different aspects, kind of like, um, and, but sorry for me to, for me to breeze through all of that. Um, and to take it in stride because I've spent years building life skills and resiliency tools to cope with anything that's thrown my way that my old self would have drank myself to death and would have sabotaged all my relationships and would have crawled into a hole of self-pity and victimhood and it's everybody else's fault and that it's not it's not my fault and you made me and so and so and I couldn't and I can't and well I don't have control of that to look at all the situations and to find my power and voice and to tell people either too bad or okay what next what now and so what could have been stressful craziness just becomes okay and and then um the and the whole time forming a brand new relationship with people who um learning about what they're all about i mean the covid covid really changed what i think most people experience in a surrogacy um and i think it's certainly i can look at it as I could have lived in a place of that being really difficult or really hard, but uh, I came out of COVID. I'm not sure if it's still going on or still, I know it exists for a lot of people still and our society is forever changed. 
but I came out of that experience um came through this experience and I'm still experiencing it like one of the most incredible years of my life that I accomplished so much and not just the business and the certifications I um I've accomplished so much as a mother and as a person and as a friend and as a as a part of an ecosystem that surrounds me and I'm I'm proud and happy with the way everything has been laid out. So um, following a, a first embryo transfer um, to have, have the green light start and um, having a few trips over to the fertility clinic with um, one of those trips being the first embryo transfer on June, I want to say 24th of 2020. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in the next, in the next chapter here, I guess, part five of this four part series. And yeah, please, please join me. And I hope you've enjoyed the story so far. And the, the next, the next part of the journey is a heart is a very hard, but very powerful one. So join me again, and I'll see you next time.